0: start the show off with like a dad joke did you know my uh my parents are getting a divorce like i didn't know they were going to be jedis <laughs> what's going on sleeper nation we're back with some more deep dive in action of course we got to start the show off with a very stupid dad joke but of course i am natter alongside the number one australian analyst
1: and how are you doing that joke's quite the way to start the show man if we still have any listeners uh how are we all doing this evening? Hey, is your um, Scott Fishbowl draft still rolling, or are you finally at the end of that?
0: No, no, it finished yesterday. Last night, it finished. It felt like it was taking so long. I was over it.
1: I was over it. How about you? Yeah, we finished uh, yesterday morning. The last pick didn't even make their pick. It just ticked over for that last eight hours to nothingness really was an appropriate ending for a draft that just continued on and on. Uh, but I tell you what, after today's news, I wish I had scooped up Daryl Henderson when I uh, when I thought about it. You know, he
0: he, I considered it heavily while he was on the board heavily, but in another in a handful of leagues, I'm very I was very invested in Cam Akers, so a little bit of me didn't want to kind of go against myself at the same time. Uh, unfortunately, that might be the uh, the wrong decision. But of course, alongside us today is the legendary Walmart. Josh Allen, hey, Justin, how are you doing up there?
2: Yeah, man, not too bad. Better than the day of work. Come back, talk football with you guys. It's always better. better end to the night. so Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. There we go. How did your Scott Fishbowl do? Uh, it was a similar ending, to be honest with you. I just, my first, you know, I'd say 15 picks, I was actually, you know, thinking about it. Who do I want to take here? After that, it's I'm over it. Been like two weeks. But I'm glad it's done now.
0: (laughs) You know, I'm really like, I like that the fans and fans can be invited into it. But at the same time, I think there should be a little bit more of a heavier filter, considering there was such a long wait list. And I'm sure most of the people on the wait list would have been a little bit more dedicated and more involved into the leagues than some of the people we have now. I think because the signups were so far away so long ago, a lot of people just kind of forgot about it.
1: You're probably right, but I found the, uh, the slowest drafters in our team to be some of our, uh, if you like, our peers in the industry taking their time. Uh, and certainly we are uh, an expert in our, our division who missed their pick a couple of times. You want people who are engaged, but as you say, there's people beating down the door to get in. I think people need to start treating it as the, I guess, privilege that it is rather than a, a right as a person in the industry.
0: I don't want to talk about that too much longer. We have bigger news to worry about. And of course, ham hakers. Cam Akers tore his Achilles earlier today. This is terrible news. Why? Because I was heavily invested in him, like I mentioned earlier, and he he was one of the upcoming players. He was the heavily talked about. Are you on Cam Akers? Are you not Cam Akers? Cam Akers or Gibson? Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, all that good stuff. It was a heavy debate at that one point. But that got a whole lot easier. But it also added a bunch of question marks. Now we got an R.B. depth chart with the Rams with a bunch of question marks. Shan. I'll start with you first. how How are you going to take about it?
1: Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want a piece of Daryl Henderson. I think we're going to see him flying up the board and eventually be overdrafted. I think if you can get him in the fifth, sixth round, uh, it's going to be good value. I think he's certainly going to be the guy there, and we've seen what he can do in the past. Had uh, hundred yards and a touchdown against the Bills on the ground last year. He had hundred and twenty combined against whoever it was the next week. I think might have been Green Bay. Uh, so he's, he's clearly got the, the skill and, you know, when Akers came back from his injury last year, he was phased out of the offense. So uh, that was disappointing for, for Henderson owners, I suppose, who are hoping for a bit more of a timeshare, but I think he'll get the first crack. But there's some interesting depth pieces behind him, uh, particularly if you're into late round, Q, uh, late round running back dart throws or need some names in, in deeper dynasty leagues. Uh, Raymond Calais is a guy that I am quite high on, has fantastic top end speed, big play threat. He was drafted by the Bucks in the seventh round last year, but spent most of the year on the Rams uh, roster and returned kicks in four games uh, before ending up on IRs. But he he's a guy who I think could come in and play a role, a bit more of a pass catcher. And then Xavier Jones, who's, who was a UDFA last year, bigger body, can run between the tackles. And then a guy they added this year in Jake Funk in the seventh round, who spare me the tweets about a lady, lazy comparison, uh, but he's essentially Rex Burkhead, You know, a, a white guy who runs hard, hits the hole, make people miss, good pass catcher, and he's going to be working his ass off uh, to, to prove to McVeigh and co. that he's the guy to you know, at least help Henderson, if not be the number one guy in that backfield.
0: Now, week, uh, week 16, Daryl Henderson had a high ankle sprain, got put on the injured reserve week 17, missed the rest of the season. Earlier this summer, Sean McVay has said Daryl Henderson still isn't even healthy. And right now, he still has that questionable tag on him. He's been injured multiple times throughout the season. It looks like he has a little bit of an injury-prone tag next to his name. Justin, are you comfortable with Daryl Henderson?
2: Uh, No, not really. (laughs) I think there's a reason that they've gone out and drafted uh, running back talent. And I think it's quite simply just because they don't trust him to be the guy. I think they trust him as a a backup or in a situation where they get themselves into a a committed approach, which is ultimately what I think might end up to be the case here. I think you might be looking at them as in the Rams bringing somebody in in uh, free agency. You still got a couple guys out there that can, you know, spark a camp battle and make Daryl Henderson have to earn it because I don't think that they actually trust him to be the number one guy. I know Sean McVay has talked to coach speak already saying, you know, next man up kind of thing, but I don't think he's that guy. And I think that eventually in camp, it's going to be proven and they might have to bring somebody else in as well.
0: Call me crazy, but you know, it would be kind of neat to see Todd Gurley in a Rams uniform, right? It's, you know, it's one of those things, never been done done before, done, never been seen. Couldn't even picture it. Todd Gurley on the Rams. Couldn't, couldn't even imagine
1: that happening. (laughs) I think what we do know, even if we don't know what Gurley looks like, is that uh, Les Snead and Shaw McVeigh aren't going to die wondering. They're happy to give up draft capital to get the players in the building that they think can help them win. Um, I did an instant reaction article, uh, so check that out. I had them trading potentially for Sony Michelle or, or Rojo, as someone who can come in contribute straight away. Rojo is probably going to be slightly more expensive, but to pair with Henderson or or even to be the main guy. I think they're going to go and get a proven asset rather than, it would surprise me if they don't kick the tires on Gurley, but I can't see them signing, you know, Lev Bell, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, someone like that. They want somebody who's going to help them win uh, rather than, you know, a glorified superannuation program. Uh, I think a a name we could watch out for as well is Alfred Morris, who did his best work with the the then at Washington, uh, as they were called at the times, with Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel. Uh, when they were on that, uh, that coaching staff as well. So they have a connection there. And the NFL is nothing if not a boys club.
0: Yes. Now, Daryl Henderson was drafted in the third round. There's heavy draft capital in the third round. It's no slight on him. He got drafted early. There's draft capital tied to him. I would anticipate he gets first knock at the job. And he he wasn't unproductive with the Rams on his last year before Cam Akers kind of took the role during his injury status. I think Daryl Henderson, he starts I just think it might be a little bit of a trap for whoever gets him. You might get a couple good weeks. This is a Sean McVay offense. It goes through the running back. It's like a Shanahan offense where the running back is just a nameplate. They're still going to be productive regardless who it is, right?
1: Yeah, you'd think so. Um, They've certainly had success with whoever they've wheeled out there in the past obviously want to run the ball. Whoever it is, there is going to be work for. But as we've seen in, in other, let's say, plus situations where a, a main runner's gone down, not all handcuffs or not all opportunities are equal. So there'll be guys that get a chance. And, and if they're plotting along for 3.3 a carry, they're going to be whisked out for someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Right now, second on the depth chart is Xavier Jones. In my personal opinion, I would let somebody else take Daryl Henderson because we saw what high ankle sprains do to it does to a person, let alone a running back. You're unable to cut, unable to move, unable to move freely. I will let somebody else take Daryl Henderson. I'll take Xavier Jones and then I'll bet on that. I'll stash him, especially in a redraft league, and then hope what I got or hope that I'm gonna be paid in dividends later on in that season.
1: I liked Jones last year. Coming out of college in 2019, he averaged over 100 yards from scrimmage per game and two touchdowns per game. That's pretty good uh, playing for SMU. Uh, But he's a big between the tackles sort of guy. He doesn't have lateral speed. He doesn't have home run speed. But if you need to pick up, if you're going to run the ball four or five yards at a time, he's a guy that can do that. Mm -hmm. But he just doesn't have that blow the top off. That's where I think interesting Calais- who is that guy? Does struggle a bit in pass protection, but has track speed and get the ball in his hands. We know McVeigh's a creative guy uh, and he is going to be a guy to keep opposing defensive coordinators on their toes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Justin, are you, are you even worried about anybody in this running back committee? Or is this kind of like, a, I'll let somebody else make this mistake?
2: For the time being, unless something comes up in camp in the next month, I'd probably be avoiding it just because of the uncertainty. And I think eventually, as you guys mentioned, Daryl Henderson's ADP is just going to skyrocket. So I think he's going to get to a point where you're drafting him at a ceiling, likely. Yeah. And that's just generally something you don't want to be doing. So I'd say the avoid tag is right for now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. I'm going to wait to see. I want to see Daryl Henderson get labeled with a healthy status. Then, you know, I, I don't want, I don't mind buying into the hype. It, it is a Rams running back. You know, you're, you're drafting a low-end RB2 for a high-end RB1 potential. I feel like that's a a safe window to assume you might be getting into. But, of course, we have the rest of the NFC West to talk about. I wanted to do some this or that, but it's kind of hard to do this or that now for Daryl Henderson. All, all ADPs get kind of skewed at this point. It's just hypotheticals. I'm not putting Daryl Henderson in Cam Akers category, right? Is that
1: fair? In my article, I pegged him as somewhere between uh, the running back 20 and the running back 25. Uh, which puts him in a league with Chris Carson, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Miles Gaskin. Uh, I think I think he fits nicely in that range. I think anything higher than that is probably an overpay. So, what round was that? Fifth round, you said. I think I had it fifth, sixth round. Fifth, sixth round. i will take that risk for the fifth,
0: sixth round. I mean, upside. Third, fourth, second, even production value from Daryl Henderson for a fifth round price?
1: Yep. And I think there are, actually, I think there are some interesting either ors we can do.
0: Okay, let's hear it.
1: Given we're in the NFC West, would you rather Daryl Henderson or Raheem Mostert?
0: Raheem Mostert is uh, a little bit more proven for me. I'll have to go him.
1: No, you, Justin. That's
2: tough. That's a tough first one. I think I would as well go with Mostert.
1: Yep. What about Henderson or either Connor or Chase Edmonds?
0: I think I might take Connor over Henderson, but
2: I would take Henderson over Edmonds. Interesting.
1: I have some thoughts about Connor and Edmonds we'll get into later. What about you, Justin?
2: I think in, in PPR, I would take Edmonds over Henderson and Connor. Yep. Anything else, I would take Connor over maybe even both of them, to be honest, Henderson and. It would be tough between Connor and Henderson, to be honest.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's reasonable. And um Chris Carson or Daryl Henderson. I'm taking Carson all day. Carson, yeah, yeah, me too. So he he's just so consistent. Yeah, so Carson's the RB twenty if memory serves. Most it's the twenty nine, uh, the RB twenty nine at the moment. So he's he's in that range with guys like Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, James Robinson, as we talked about, Etn, Javante Williams. I, I probably would like Henderson slightly more than either, or well, the probably Gordon or Fournette, just given their more definitively in timeshares at this point. By and large, I'm just staying away from him.
0: I'd have to agree. I like Daryl Henderson over all the other RBs you just mentioned. But it, I'm not worried about his talent or his potential. I'm worried about his health. I think that's kind of just what's keeping me right now. I mean, you saw McCaffrey. He He got, let's see, it was on his high ankle sprain. I think it was seven weeks he came back and then injured his back, I think it was. So seven weeks... And then we're going to have to find out if it's still healthy enough for him to move on a football field. That's going to be my determining factor.
1: Yeah, and high ankle or, or syndesmosis can linger as well. And as you say, they, it affects your explosiveness. It affects your lateral movement, two things that are really important for running back. As we talked about, like you know, McVeigh's going to want to run the ball. And if Henderson's not doing the job, I don't think he's going to be afraid to, uh, to chuck it around. No. Nah. Uh, I'm going to have to completely agree with you there. Let's get into some
0: words of wisdom.
1: Well, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Natter's wise words of wisdom.
0: So a baby was born inside of a Chick-fil-A and he got free Chick-fil-A for life. Well, I'm telling everybody to have a baby in a bank. Because, I mean, who doesn't want money for life, right?
1: That's, that's good advice. There you go. I mean, he, it's not really free Chick-fil-A for life. It's, it's free Chick-fil-A for six-sevenths of your life. I don't get it. Six-sevenths. Do they not open on Sundays? Is that...
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. Is
1: that not their deal?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they're closed on Sundays. That is true.
1: Yeah. We don't have Chick-fil-A here, but I know they're a bit of a you know? controversial establishment. Like banks, really.
0: It might be controversial, but man, is their food good. Give me some spicy chicken, give me their waffle fries. Hey, call it a good night. Of course, I got Sheehan on the promo.
1: You two are both involved in this one, by the way. Oh god. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Game Show. Our contestants tonight are Nata, a retired Supreme Court Justice from California, and Justin, Canada's second finest Bruce Springsteen impersonator after Brian Adams. How are we, gents? <laughs> That's fantastic. Now you know how the game works. I'll ask you a question, you buzz in with your name and tell me the answers. Are we ready to play? Fantastic. Let's do it. Which NFL team has played in both the AFC and NFC Championship games? The Rams? Houston? No.
0: The Raiders? (laughs) Uh,
1: The Browns? Justin, do you want to have a go at the question? Well, Nada just names every NFL team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with, uh, Cleveland. Incorrect. The answer, of course, was Seattle. Second question, so... Which NFL quarterback's first name is Rain?
2: It's Dak Prescott.
1: Correct. Tell him what he's won, Don Pardo. You've won a trip to Draft Night Out in Canton, Ohio. On one glorious evening, August 14th, 2021, you can enjoy a live fantasy football draft with our great members of the fantasy football community, an exclusive souvenir t-shirt, and chances to win awesome signed NFL memorabilia. This fabulous prize is valued at over 700,000 Vietnamese dong and is brought to you by Sleeperwire, Eat Sleep Fantasy, Draft Powder USA, and Prestige Sports Memorabilia. But you don't have to be a contestant on the Fantasy Football Game Show to go to Draft Night Out. You can go to DraftNightOut.com and get your ticket for just $30. So what are you waiting for? Join us in Canton, Ohio on August 14th.
0: Thought
1: I did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, well, you got one question wrong 6 times. <laughs> That's pretty
0: good, huh? Hey, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, you know what I'm saying?
1: Draft night out. Join us in Canton, Ohio on August 14.
0: Can't go below 0 on your completion percentage.
1: That's true. I think there was one of those weird one of those weird stats for a while like how, you know, the Colts had won the AFC East more recently than the Bills or something like that. Uh, with Seattle in that I think they'd won whatever division they used to be in more recently than the Lions, and they hadn't played in it for 20 years. I would have to look that up. That, that's that's not part of the quiz. I didn't bother to research that.
0: No, no. I would have never gotten that. That's before my time. See, before the Rams became the LA Rams, and I was still an infant baby.
1: What, the first time or second time? The both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right
0: the san francisco 49ers 6 and 10 record 21st in points 15th in yards 12th in passing yards 15th in rushing jeff wilson jr led the team with 600 yards and seven touchdowns yes that is an underwhelming number for the amount of running backs they had on that roster brandon iuke 60 catches 748 yards five touchdowns nick mullins led with two thousand four hundred yards 12 touchdowns and a Legendary 12 Interceptions. Fun fact, I believe right now Jimmy Garoppolo currently has a 1.15 kill death ratio in Call of Duty. So in case you wanted to know, now you
1: know. Yeah, good for him. There's, there's a, he's got a lot going for him. That wouldn't be top of my list, but... Um, I don't know,
0: that's pretty good.
1: You know, the looks, I remember he was dating that porn star for a while, you know, good for him. The, guy, the guy's got a lot going for him.
0: <laughs> the, the, the Call of Duty one's definitely on the top of my list, in my opinion, sometimes just war war zones just a little bit more important sometimes i'm gonna definitely gonna have to put that on that list now of course jeff wilson led the team in rushing he is currently injured right now we don't i'm not quite sure how long he's going to be out for that leaves raheem mostard on the top of my list of running backs for this roster now of course he holds i believe it is three of the top five fastest runs in the NFL last year, but they did take a couple running backs. Whether that was Trey Sermon, Elijah, Sheehan, I'll start off with you. What is your thought process going on for this right now?
1: I'll wind it back slightly and say, as we've been doing, we're coming to the end of this deep dive series. And I like finding connections between the teams in divisions or, or, rod men out. So when you're talking about AFC West, the Broncos are the only team not to relocate and you go, Oh, that's quite interesting. I think there is potential for, these three minds, offensive minds in Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Cliff Kingsbury, to not be all that they're cracked up to be. I, I would say that we talk about running backs being plug and play, or you know, I think we can talk about the 49ers maybe having more injury issues last year than you know, guys not making it. There's definitely a name brand attached to the Shanahan offense. I don't think last year is what we've seen in the past from them, uh, and they have done some work to rectify that by adding Alex Mack by adding Wayne Gorman and adding Trey Lance to really try and get that offense rolling. And, you know, I think it's exciting. But also, you know, they finished 6-10. and and six and 10. They might have had Nick Mullins under center. But it's a fairly underwhelming roster. They got to the Super Bowl with a fairly underwhelming roster.
0: It was definitely a phenomenal defense that got them to the Super Bowl and a phenomenal running game that got them into the Super Bowl. But they have a running back by committee. But they have a very productive running back by committee. And that it's an unfortunate thing for fantasy standards because, you know, we like our RB1s. We like our workhorses. But this team doesn't necessarily have a workhorse. Raheem Mostert's going to get his. Jeff Wilson Jr., he usually just poaches it in the goal line. Now we got Trey Sermon. We're not really sure what his job is going to be. Wide receivers... Question marks all around the board. Jalen Hurd, they drafted him about three years ago and he's still not played in NFL down due to his repeated injury issues he's had. He also always had high hopes for that team. Right now, Mohamed Sanu is on that roster. That's how, uh, that, that's how that wide receiver core right, looks right now.
1: Not just Mohamed Sanu, man. Kevin White, Travis Benjamin. Like There are, there are some graveyard names in here. I, I still hold, hold out hope for Jalen Hurd. I think he's an interesting prospect. Am I right in thinking he's a converted quarterback to wide receiver or or hasn't played wide receiver a lot, something like that?
0: He he went from tight end to running back to wide receiver. He's been everywhere all around.
1: No, fair enough. Could be thinking of someone else then. I liked Hurd. I I think there's potential there, but you're right. It's It's a fairly underwhelming group. You've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who are pretty much two halves of the same walnut. George Kittle, who's another yak guy as well. Richie James, who's a downfield threat, who might get more work on a, a team that plays a bit more vertically, and maybe with Trey Lance, he will. Uh, he certainly showed in that one game last year, what he you have, like 200 yards or something, and then barely saw a catch for the rest of the season?
0: Yes, that was against the, the Green Bay Packers when half of that roster went on the COVID list, and then they refused to postpone the game. And then I think it was the next week, a team got COVID, and they postponed the game. Yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> Good to see you over that. Well, it's, it's an underwhelming roster. I don't think there are too many players I want on my team from here, but it feels like it should be a productive situation. I think the one guy we can stamp as elite is George Kittle, but then you're drafting him, basically expecting him to miss a quarter of the season.
0: He has been injury prone and uh, that's unfortunate. He plays injured though. Unfortunately, you don't want to see that, but he does that. So it's always something of a little bit of a plus when you're kind of drafting a player. Debo Samuel and Brennan Ayuk, they're projects. I don't want I shouldn't say projects, but they're potential plays. You're drafting their upside and what they potentially could be. Kind of like a Daryl Henderson type situation. When you draft him, you're drafting potential and you're hoping you kind of come up on that as a little dividend stock, but it's it, it's tough. It's tough to recommend me saying, Hey, you should take Brennan Ayuk. You should take Debo Samuel over other high end names, especially at where they're going. Justin, can I get an opinion?
2: I agree. I think mainly the big issue with most of these guys is the inconsistency in the quarterback play. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw San Fran trade up so aggressively for Trey Lance. I think that they realized that the majority of their problems boil down to lacking a guy that scares uh, scares their teams at the quarterback position. Because uh, as we've said, their, their positions, while they're not standout guys, they're all solid. Raheem Mostert is a solid NFL running back. Brandon Ayuk could be on, an, on pace for a breakout season this year. He played pretty well towards the end of last season. George Kittle is a top-end tight end in the league. Their defense has been solid, although they just lost their coordinator. But their defense has been solid every year. So what's left? It's a tough division, and they just lack a solid quarterback. And I think that's probably going to stay the same for this year. I'm not so convinced about Trey Lance in his first season as to when that happens, when he takes over that's up for discussion. But I think once they get some solid quarterback play, you could see them as as solid fantasy assets.
0: If Jimmy Garoppolo does not get hurt, Trey Lance will not see the field this year. I think uh, that, that is my prediction. My personal opinion, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a phenomenal, I shouldn't say elite phenomenal quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. I think he is on the tier of. I think he's higher than Kirk Cousins as long as he's healthy, which is a big if because he likes to get hurt as as everybody on this roster does. And that's going to be the issue. So if if we see consistent quarterback play, I think we see consistent fantasy play out of these receivers, running backs and tight ends. If we have to shuffle around between Trey Lance, Nate Sudfield, and then even on the practice squad, Josh Rosen's hanging out there. That's where we have our issues fantasy wise.
1: Bucky Brooks talks about quarterbacks being trucks or trailers and I don't think we've had enough of an opportunity to see whether Garoppolo is a truck or a trailer and I think he's shown that he's a game manager but I think I agree I think he's better than that and I think with a more advantageous situation we'd start to see him really flourish if he could stay fit we've got Ayuk and Samuel as here you know one and two receivers and I'm not saying I don't like those guys I think they're excellent I'm a big fan of Debo I mean there's not a lot of variety in that offense as Justin said, they're not going to strike fear into anyone's heart other than maybe George Kittle. But I think we do see Lance. I think if the 49ers are out of playoff calculations, we do see Lance towards the back end of the season, or if they start slowly and want a bit of a spark, we might see him because for all of his hype, Shanahan's not had a great record in San Francisco so far.
0: To Justin's point, I think a lot of that has been quarterback play. And I think offensive line play it has been a little bit subpar. They did go out and uh, of course, like you mentioned, Alex Mack, they did draft a little bit of some linemen. Of course, now Trent Williams has been signed to a longer term deal. It's on the up and up, it's a potential play. Like I said earlier, you're not drafting them for the talent they currently have. You're drafting them for the talent they might be able to show. Can we get a couple of this or that's for Debo Samuel?
1: Yeah, for sure. While I'm looking, I'm just going to say I think Alex Mack is a really important addition. He's played his best football with Shanahan, he understands the scheme, understands. Uh, the blocking assignments he's going to be a big help to some of those newer faces on the line in in aaron banks and Jalen moore who they spent second and, and fifth round capital on uh who do we want to do either ors for
0: let's start with debo
1: i would say after we did uh, last week uh, walmart version debo is very much the walmart aj brown that's fair very similar players that's fair i can see it you know, big guys play the receiver position like a running back I, I, I love Debo. have him on my, on my main dynasty team, and uh, I think that probably skews it for me. So he's currently the wide receiver 44. He is going the 104th player off the board. Would you rather Debo Samuel or Robbie Anderson?
0: Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Uh, I trust Debo a little bit more.
2: I'll take the opposite. I'll take Robbie Anderson.
1: I think I'd take Anderson too.
0: That's a tough one. That's a coin flip. I, I'm, I'm happy with either
1: one. There's so, so many question marks over, uh, over quarterback. I think Anderson's the, the guy to go for.
0: Uh, is there that much more of a question mark on the opposite side with the Panthers? I mean, they don't really necessarily have a solid quarterback either.
1: Mm. No, no, that's what I mean. There's, there's question marks on both sides. You don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. Well, yeah. I suppose you do know it's going to be Donald. You don't know how he's going to adapt to that offense. I feel like Anderson's maybe the ceiling play, but I, I'd be happy with either. Okay. Debo Samuel or Corey Davis?
2: Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'll take
1: Debo there as well. I feel like I know which way you'll go with this one Natick. Debo Samuel or Rashad Bateman?
0: Debo Samuel. Easy. That's, <laughs> That's not a difficult one. I am
2: anti-Bateman all day. I think I'll, I'll join on that train. I'll go Debo as well. What about in Dynasty? Give me Debo. De- Debo's not old. And Dynasty, I think. I, I'm taking the opposite in Dynasty, I think. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, Bateman in Dynasty for me and Debo in redraft. One more. Let's say... Debo, or Antonio Brown?
0: There's so much competition in Tampa Bay for me to comfortably take Antonio Brown. He's too consistent, but not in the consistency I want. He's on the lower end consistent.
1: Consistently weird off the field?
0: Yeah, that too. But I like that. I don't mind that at all.
1: That's true.
0: I I still take Debo.
1: Justin.
2: I think I will go with Antonio Brown just because, and I understand there's competition, but when we think of the healthiness of those two receivers that he's joined by there's some concern there that they may not play the full season i mean godwin didn't play the full season last year evans i don't think did either and they both played through injuries a couple times as well so i think you could get in a situation where one of them's out and antonio brown all of a sudden has a wide receiver two upside and you're drafting him super late yep
0: but that's kind of a rental are you drafting somebody in the 10th round for a
2: rental
1: In redraft everything's a rental in theory yeah, I mean,
2: in the tenth round, you're looking at you're looking at for me at least. You want to be that's the point where your starters are kind of set. You're looking for lottery picks. I'm not necessarily lottery picks, but guys that are in a position where they have standalone value week to week, but they do have the potential to be a lot more than what they currently are.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I agree with you on um on AB. I think if, if you've gone heavy RB early or or thin at receiver early, then Debo's the pick. Uh, but I think if you're pretty well stacked and you can put AB on your bench. I think that's the pick there. So Brandon Ayuk, I'm going to give you five names and you can tell me who you want Ayuk over. Devonta Smith, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, DJ Shark.
0: Deontay Johnson and Odell Beckham. That's
1: it. You want Ayuk over everyone else other than Johnson or Beckham? Yes. Yes. Justin.
2: I think I'm in the same boat. I think I'd just rather have I'd rather have Odell over Ayuk, and I'd rather have Deontay Johnson for sure. And then yeah, definitely not Juju. So, Yeah, I think I'll be in the same boat.
1: I'm uh, I'm very high on Juju this year, so I would say I'd rather Beckham for ceiling, Juju for ceiling, and Deontay Johnson. But um, give me Ayuk over Smith and Shark.
0: Now, what's uh, Ayuk's ADP real fast?
1: He's the wide receiver, 27. His ADP is 64 and a half.
0: Ooh, so right now, Debo has a lower draft status than Ayuk.
1: Yeah, by some distance, by 40 picks.
0: Yeah, which is which is very confusing, considering Debo Samuel has been a very productive receiver, of course, while healthy. Brandon Ayuk is kind of riding a high of having a quarterback that was consistently throwing it to him. And also they were down a lot, yeah. making it they kind of had to throw the ball a lot. That might be a little skewed for me. The, the, there was a significant downtrend in that offense when Debo Samuel was not on that field. Of course, the lack of offensive firepower definitely hurts, but he's part of the firepower. So when he's there, there's definitely an uptrend on that offense. Uh, I'm de- uh, this is kind of like when you have equal receivers, always go for the cheapest option. I'm going to take Debo Samuel over Brandon Ayuk.
1: Yep. While we're talking cheaper options, what are you doing with Trey Lance in Superflex redraft this year? He's going in the mid to late eighth. Jimmy Garoppolo is going in the early 14th. If you get one, do you have to get the other?
0: I don't like that idea, but you might have to. It's kind of like taking Dalvin Cook. If you take Dalvin Cook, you better have the backup running back. It's hard wasting two roster spots for basically one position, but yeah, you might have to.
2: In redraft specifically, I like Garoppolo's value more than Lance, just because I think there's only one situation where we see Trey Lance, and that's if their first five games they're at the Lions, at the Eagles, at home versus the Packers, at home versus the Seahawks, and on the road at the Cardinals until their bye week. Realistically, they can beat the Lions and the Eagles. I think they lose to the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. However, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't lose to the Packers. True. And that's obviously highly dependent on whether or not Rodgers is there. But let's say that they start that five game stretch one and four. Let's say they drop it to the Eagles and lose the following three. Oof. So they lose four games in a row, which I think is entirely possible that they lose on the road to the Eagles. Uh, let's say they start one and four in that bye week. Does Trey Lance come in the next week after their bye uh, when they're sitting at one and four? I think it's a possibility. I think anything besides that, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo barring an injury. If you're getting the quarterback in the 14th round in a super flex, I mean, that's pretty good value to me.
1: Did they give up their first this year to move up for Lance?
2: They swapped picks. Yeah, they
1: swapped. Do they still have their 2022 first rounder is really my question.
2: Oh, uh, I think that was traded, wasn't it? Yeah, that was traded.
1: Because I was going to say, if they do, then, you know, I think at one and four, you probably stick with Jimmy G and let Lance learn until later in the season. Right. Uh, but if they don't have the pick, you might as well try, go out and try and win games. So whoever's going to give them the best opportunity to do that. I could easily see them being one and four. I could see them being two and three. I could even see them being four and one. Um, I think they could get over the Cardinals, but I, I don't think they get past the Packers. Oof. But Fighting words. There's a range of outcomes here. Now, you're a, you're a 49ers fan. What are you, what are you looking at and seeing this season?
0: they are at playoff aspiration. There's no reason why they shouldn't be in the playoffs, but if you look at the division, there's no reason why any one of these four teams should not be in the playoffs. I would not be surprised if three out of the four were in the playoffs. Actually, all four of them could be in there.
1: Technically, yeah. Yeah. Technically, all four of the teams could be. You know,
0: one of these teams probably is going to get left hanging, but they're probably going to be better than the other team that is in the wild card.
1: I think you're going to see a lot of uh, splitting divisional games in this division this year, which is going to cost people playoff spots, unfortunately. I, you know, I think most teams are going to split with the Cardinals. Even if they're not good, I think they're going to take games away from teams that need them. Um, one final question from me, uh, and then I suppose we'll leave it to Nada to wrap up his own team here. Justin, have you got any hot takes or, or thoughts on Trey Sermon?
2: For a redraft? not necessarily. I think, I, I, however, I do think where he's being drafted, I think he's the guy to own. Just because I think Mostert, we've seen injury problems with him over the past couple of years. I think there's a reason they drafted Sermon. And I think that's because they eventually want to move on to him. Obviously, they would like to have, or at least it seems over the past couple of years, they'd like to have a committee approach. But I think Sermon can take the job. He could even take the job in camp as well. So I like his value right now.
1: Yeah, he was so popular in the the pre-draft dynasty process and then drafting. Him to the 49 scene to throw him up the board. I, I feel like there's an element of fool's gold there. I don't have any really strong takes one way or the other as to why. I just feel like he was probably overdrafted in Dynasty. He, he feels about right in redraft. He's going sort of around the same time as Mike Davis, Michael Carter, uh, Damian Harris, which feels like his range.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, in Dynasty, if what you say ends up happening and the Niners move on from Raheem Mostert, then he's the RP one in a Shanahan offense, and that's that's it's phenomenal for him. So, in Dynasty, I I would highly reach for him. I don't, I wouldn't mind it at all, and I recommend taking him over a, a plethora of the other players that we see. Like I t- I take him over Bateman, if that's a, a hot take or not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. To, to wrap up the 49ers, I don't necessarily recommend taking too many players from this team. It's it's a potential pick. You go for the high potential plays such as Debo Samuel. I wouldn't mind you going for Trey Sermon, Adablin, or Raheem Mostert. I don't want to take George Kittle, not because of him or his talent. It's just too expensive for a tight end, in my opinion. Their defense is phenomenal. I mean, he they put up points. They get sacks. Joey Bosa, he's going to get those strip sack fumbles. defense you take their defense i'd reach for their defense i wouldn't mind that at all regardless of the division they play in Let's hop on to the Arizona Cardinals. I know there's going to be a lot of discussion here. 8-8 eight eight for the squad. 13th in points scored. 8th in yards gained. 17th in passing yards. 7th in rushing yards. Kenyon Drake had 1,092 yards from scrimmage. Not bad. Not bad at all. 10 touchdowns. Kyler Murray ran for 800 yards himself with 11 touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, 1,400 yards. 6 touchdowns. Christian Kirk, out of all people. little Captain Kirk. 6 touchdowns himself. Kyler Murray threw for almost four thousand yards 26 touchdowns and 12 interception now this is for, for me this is make a break in cliff kingsbury's offense this is his third season three relatively disappointing seasons for the potential and the hype this team had there's question marks on this offense also right right now there's there's uh, deandre hopkins and then what i feel like that's kind of my opinion on this team sheehan i'll let you start it off
1: yeah well i'll start with kingsbury I think this is an Emperor's New Clothes situation. I think that he came in with all this hype that he was going to change the league, that he was air raid, it was all this, that and the other. He got his guy at the top of the draft and he's not really done anything with it. They are now built to be a playoff team. They have Hopkins, they've added JJ Watt, they have Chandler Jones for now. They have all the pieces in place. Murray is an excellent quarterback. He might like him another weapon or two, but they went out and they got him Rondell Moore. They have Christian Kirk, who I think is highly underrated. Not to, to deviate too much straight away, but he's currently going the 15th round. Gimme, gimme, gimme all day. I think he is going to be, as you would say, Nada, phenomenal value. Ooh. But I, I think Kingsbury is a big fraud.
0: Oh, d- tell me how you really feel.
1: You know, if he does get fired at the end of this season, I'm going to miss you stumbling over his name whenever he comes up. This is a team built to win. This is a team built in his image, and they can't do What they should be doing. I mean, they beat the Bills on a last-ditch attempt throw. They didn't win too many games after. Actually, no, sorry, they won two games after that against the Giants and the Eagles. But, I mean, they lost to all their divisional rivals, including 49ers, who we just talked about, and, and they weren't much chop either. I just don't think this is a good team. I think there's good players, but it's not a good team. So what about, like, for a fantasy perspective? Oh, fantasy-wise, Kyler Murray, potentially the QB1. I think he's the QB3 at the moment. In Dynasty behind Mahomes and and Josh Allen, he was the QB1 in a startup that I took, or my QB1 in a startup that I I did with all our our Sleeper Wire team. For fantasy, he is an excellent asset to have. You get the passing game. You know it's going to be vertical. You know he's got DeAndre Hopkins, so you can lock him in for 10 plus touchdowns, 1,500 yards, and he's going to give you first downs, he's going to give you rushing yards, and he's going to give you touchdowns. Like, What more do you want? Sure, he's about four foot nothing, but
2: eh. Dustin, what do you think? Part of their issue as far as their real NFL production has gone is just the strength of the division as well. I think if you put them in the NFC East, all of a sudden they're a 12 and 14. I just think the competition's been pretty strong there. And as far as their fantasy outlook goes, they, I mean, Hopkins has been a locked and loaded wide receiver one for God knows how many years in a row and debatably the best wide receiver in the NFL as far as talent goes. Kyler Murray, I mean, Shan hit the nail on the head. It's, I mean, barring injury, you're getting an elite and pretty consistent quarterback given his rushing abilities and his, his usage in the run game with extreme upside to be the best quarterback as far as fantasy production goes in the NFL. 819 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. And that's basically a solid running back too, mixed into your, your quarterback. Who doesn't want that?
0: Kyler Murray's biggest issue is his passing ability inside the pocket as a very small guy, as Sheehan has said. And uh, the wise words, of, I believe it was Mean John Green said, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how fast you are, once I finally get a hold of you, it's going to hurt. And uh, it did. He got hit, I think, some of the most in the NFL as a quarterback. And he, he ended up being very injured, uh, very hurt. I believe on his, even though it was on his non-throwing arm, he saw a little bit of a decline in his play, tailing off the end of the year. Now, while, while I say he struggles as a passer, it's fantasy football. It doesn't matter. His rushing ability is going to make him fantasy relevant. The, the passing is just kind of icing on the cake just happens to be there you know you you want the rushing yards the rushing touchdowns if you get passing yards that's cool I'll take it you know that's kind of how I feel about with Kyler Murray
1: yeah I, I agree I think he's in six point passing touchdown leagues he's more valuable than Lamar Jackson who is essentially that same sort of running back who throws it a bit in the same mold as Murray there is something that I think will help them this year and that's adding Rodney Hudson to that offensive line Hudson is not the the massive force that he was but putting him in there Kenyon Drake was the least efficient runner in the red zone last year. He had more opportunities than anyone. I think he went weeks without punching one in. James Conner, who's a bigger back, he's built to run between the tackles. He's built to punch it in. He's going to have Rodney Hudson up front blocking for them. I think that's going to help move this offense down the field. I think it's going to help keep Murray upright. I think that's an excellent addition for him, and it's good news if you have held Conner in dynasty leagues or if you're looking for a mid-to-late-round running back.
0: Let's do a couple of... This or that's with James Conner. I'm I'm very interested in him. I know we kind of touched about him a little bit earlier, but let's kind of hit it a,
1: a little bit harder. Yeah, let's let's go with the first basic one. James Conner or Chase Edmonds.
0: You know, uh, I like touch on upside, and James Conner is gonna have to get that for me.
2: For me, it's. Pretty straightforward. I, I'll take Edmonds in PPR and anything else, I'll take Connor. I think Nat is right about the touchdown upside being on Connor's side. The only concern I have is the same issue that Kenyon Drake had last year. I mean Connor wasn't that proficient with the Steelers, so I think there's a possibility that he's he faces similar issues in Arizona. I understand they upgraded their line, but I think as well you're also gonna get Kyler Murray vulturing a lot of the rushing touchdowns as well like we had 11 touchdowns last year so but i'm still willing to take him i think he does take at least slightly the majority of the carries so in half ppr i think he gets the slight nudge Mm -hmm.
1: yep
0: now let's see you said chase or sorry Kenyon drake had the most red zone opportunities missed a handful of them went weeks without scoring a touchdown and still ended up with 10 touchdowns so that, that tells me that offense is going to get in the red zone, and that offense is going to put James Conner in a position to succeed. I imagine he's going to be able to succeed.
1: Yeah, he was He was just so inefficient.
0: Yes. I imagine James Conner could just be a s- slight nudge better to the point where maybe he gets 12 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns, and I think that drastically changes his fantasy outlook.
1: Definitely. So we'll, let, let's do some either/or's, and for the sake of the argument, Chase Edmonds is the RB30 at the moment going, uh, 76.2 is his ADP, James Connor RB 32, and he's 83.3. So, for the sake of the exercise, we'll just talk about both of them at once. So, Connor slash Edmonds or Raheem Mostert?
0: We talked about him a little bit earlier. Raheem Mostert for me.
2: I think it depends on scoring format, but I think there's more upside with the Connor and Edmonds side, especially if one of them ends up hurt.
1: What about uh, a former Cardinal here in Kenyon Drake?
2: Connor. Yeah, I'll, I'll as well be on the, the Cardinals' backfield side there.
1: Yep. Yeah, me too. Rojo.
2: I'm actually really interested to see who comes out there. I, I know a lot of people are thinking Leonard Fournette's the guy. I'm really interested to see what happens out of camp there. That's really tough. I think you'd have to take Arizona guys there.
0: Because of the division uh, the Cardinals are in, I'll go Rojo. I, I value them equally. I think they're both in very similar situations as backs. I, I usually look at division afterwards. I'll go Rojo.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take Rojo there as well. And you sort of alluded to it, Justin, in that might shake out that he's the one. And last one, another former Cardinal, uh, David Johnson.
0: You know, uh, I'd rather lose my league <laughs> knowing David Johnson is going to be the RB1 than taking David Johnson.
2: <laughs> it's, that's just so gross in Houston. I mean, there's got to be like no upside, right? To taking a guy like that. You're looking, like, does he even get many touchdowns? I don't know. I think you're taking the Arizona guys there as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Hey, let me ask you guys what you think about uh, Christian Kirk. Larry Fitz, we're not sure if he's going to be back this year. I really like him. He had the six touchdowns last year in line with Hopkins, 79 targets, 48 receptions for 600 yards. No Larry Fitz. I think he's their main slot guy and their number two receiver. I think he's an excellent value who's going right at the back end of your drafts, and, and I'd rather him than Rondale Moore.
0: There's still A.J. Green to worry about. He, he's a big guy. A.J. Green, I think he's 6'3", great red zone threat. I don't, I don't assume he's going to be used too much throughout the whole field. I think he's going to be a huge jump ball red zone threat type of guy. Christian Kirk had six touchdowns last year, and that was kind of the only thing you can kind of lean your hat on, and I think that's gone with A.J. Green there.
1: I like your thinking in terms of Green being the red zone guy, but I think he just looked so washed last year. If he can't get open, there's no. I mean, he's going to be the jump ball specialist, but you know who else is? DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Well, DeAndre Hopkins gets quite a Drupal team than the Red Zone. <laughs> it's tough for him.
1: True, and maybe that's why they've brought in Green to just avert the eye. And maybe that's good news for Kirk because he's going to see single coverage. Maybe it's good news for Chase Edmonds because he's going to see favorable one-on-one matchups. You know, it's I, I think Kyler's still going to throw it to Hopkins. Green will have games where he's relevant, but. He's not going to be off the team by the end of the year, but like this feels like Reggie Wayne or Ocho Cinco in New England or these guys on the like the last last stop before retirement tours.
0: I'm going to have to agree, but he's going to poach from everybody. He might poach you know, a little touchdown here from you, touchdown here from you, touchdown here from there, and then all of a sudden he has a little bit of a respectable stat line to the point where you're not probably starting him on your fantasy roster, but you're thinking about rostering him. I think that's kind of where AJ Green is at, at this point.
1: I think there's more touchdowns to be had from Kyler Murray. Passing touchdowns, he threw 26 last year, and sure they punched in 22 on the ground. But I think he's a, a 35 touchdown guy, especially in this longer season.
0: Longer season, but he, he's in such a strong division. You're going against Jalen Ramsey twice, the Saints. Not the Saints, the Seahawks. They, they they find a way to make plays, especially on the defensive side. Niners got a good defense, though the Niners are not good against a mobile quarterback. It's tough. It's tough to sit there and assume he's going to score 35 touchdowns in a, such a strong defense. Uh, when I take Kyler Murray, I'm leading on the rushing yards. Yeah. Justin, you got a thought process? I see you're thinking very hard right now.
2: It's funny because I think I tend to agree with both of you just in parts. I think I think Kirk's a good value at the end of the draft. My only issue is that I don't see the upside necessarily. And I don't know that you'll ever feel confident starting him in any given week, unless, of course, there's an injury. And then I also agree that I think A.J. Green's going to vulture from a few guys. I don't think it's going to be vulturing from DeAndre Hopkins, but I think he's going to take away a couple touchdowns here and there and a couple yards to the point where I only really feel comfortable with Hopkins.
1: Yeah,
0: That's completely fair. Now, is there anybody else on this roster that uh, we should be mentioning?
1: I really don't think so. They don't have a standout tight end. I think Max Williams is their tight end one. They had Dan Arnold, but he's moved on. Rondell Moore, have you got any thoughts about him, Justin? I really don't like him as a player.
2: I think he's basically a gadget player. I think in Dynasty, he's a little interesting, I guess, just because obviously they they liked him and they may have a use for him. My only issue is that if there's problems with this season as in they don't finish as well as they'd like to. As far as the Cardinals head office is concerned, I think you could see a head coaching change. Um just because as we mentioned before, he's been kinda underwhelming, especially considering the assets they've been able to bring in for, for Kingsbury. So I think if they're not at least in playoff contention or let alone in the playoffs, I think you could see a coaching change in where some new coach comes in the following season and for whatever reason, if they don't like Rondale Moore, all of a sudden his value has gone. So it's it's a little concerning. He's uh, someone to keep an
1: eye on. Mm-hmm. He's got like a checkered injury past. Like he couldn't stay fit in his last two years of college. Right. He's a small guy. Like when, when he's on the field, he's electric, but I don't think he's that good. He was being overdrafted in a lot of, in a lot of drafts from what I saw. As we've already talked about, Kingsbury's a big fraud. So he will be out of there at the end of this season. Ooh. You know, maybe, maybe more displaces places Kirk as that slot guy, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
0: There we go. Now, if Cliff does not make it in the NFL, then he will be a phenomenal little picture taker for Instagram, considering he always knows how to set up a good scenery for a nice Instagram picture. But of course, we're going to move on to the... Los Angeles Rams, yes, I said that right, with a 10-6 and 6 record, losing in a divisional round. 22nd in points scored, 11th in yards gained, 13th in passing, 10th in rushing yards. Cam Akers leading with 625 yards, two touchdowns. Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown both punched in five touchdowns of their own. Cooper Cup: 92 catches, 974 yards, three touchdowns. Robert Woods, 90 catches, 936 yards, six touchdowns in himself. Jared Goff threw for a hair under 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And of course, half of this gets thrown out the window now that Cam Akers is gone. And Jared Goff is no longer on the team. Of course, now we have a Matthew Stafford on this roster. And, you know, know, I, I like throwing out the fun facts. You know you know, I like some fun facts. And while Kirk Cousins has been the poster child for being absolutely mediocre, you know, like I mentioned it last week against teams with winning records, he's seven and thirty-five. Matthew Stafford is eight for sixty seven against teams that finish with winning records. Wow, that's terrible. And sixty (laughs) seven. Eight and six just just think about that. Eight times eight. Sixty four. Yeah. So it's it's like minus eight times eight negative his record
1: i got i got some maths i got some maths for you that's quick maths <laughs> 67 plus two <ter, laughs> how good
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hate how you see that got a laugh out of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you like, man. No, I, I'm with you. I've I've long been a believer in this. Could you imagine Stafford on a good team narrative? I think he has all the tools to be an excellent quarterback. I love his guts. I love his arm. I think he's an excellent leader. I think he looks a bit dumb. He's got a good head for a hat. But we're now going to get to see it. So rarely in the NFL do we get to see this wish casting happen. And we're going to see him with an excellent offensive coordinator surrounded by weapons. Not that he, he hasn't had weapons in, in Detroit. And in fact, he was almost about to be surrounded by a running game for the first time in his career this is this is an interesting landing spot for me and i want to see how it plays out and i hope for his sake that it works out well for him
0: now he, he has been a part of good football teams he's not been a part of straight dog water dog doo doo games i think one year he went 13 and 3 and then they got knocked out in the first round. I don't remember exactly which year. I'm trying to find that out right now.
1: Was this the um, the one with the the Cowboys pass interference?
0: I think so. Ooh, I don't quite remember. I don't remember the exact uh, specifics because uh, I hated their head coach at the time, so I wanted them to lose. Um, he, you know, he, I think he's a defensive coordinator for the Eagles, and he—I don't know why—but the front of his hair is like dyed, and like half of it's white, half of it's black. People that know know, and it looks so stupid, and I, you know, because of that i just want him to lose every single time he's out there jim caldwell yeah i think that's his name
1: yeah 2014 they're 11 and 5
0: there we go jim caldwell and then they had they had somebody else beforehand or afterwards
1: jim schwartz
0: Jim Schwartz look up his name real fast while we're doing it yep yeah, yeah see Jim Schwartz see if you look at his head he's got like different patches of hair I think he dyed that on purpose And it always pissed me off let me have a look yeah, see just take a quick peek
1: it's very shiny at the front isn't it yeah see it
0: has to be dyed right there like it's there and then like right to the left of it on his head it's black you know uh, I hated it I hated that hairstyle
1: it might just be a trick of the light but he also looks a little bit like a character out of I Think You Should Leave there's a bit of Tim Robinson to him
0: I don't. I don't know that show unfortunately
1: check it out That's a tip for all of you listeners. Go and watch I Think You Should Leave. Anyway, speaking of I Think You Should Leave, that's what they said to Jared Goff.
0: (laughs) That is 100% true. And of course, now he's on the Lions due to the trade. So I just want to get this out of the way. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, they're wide receiver ones. You can't convince me otherwise. They're wide receiver ones. You take them when you can. They're both phenomenal values. I have no issue taking them in whatever round, whichever pick. They're available. I'll go out and grab them.
1: I agree. And I tell you what, off the top, we did the, the, you know, 10th in passing yards. They're 11th in yards gained, 13th in passing yards, 10th in rushing yards, but 22nd in points scored. That tells me there's positive regression due for this team. You can't move the ball like that and not score. Yeah. It was falling down somewhere. And that's maybe why they got rid of Goff. Well,
0: I think Goff is a serviceable quarterback. They just got a gunslinger with a team that really wants to just stretch the field, sling the ball, go over the play action. Uh, That's where Matthew Stafford should shine. They put him in a position to succeed. And now let's see him succeed. And I think you can't be worse than Jared Goff. Not saying Jared Goff is bad. I just think he set a good floor for that team for you to be able to go, oh, yay. Robert Woods had 900 yards. Oh, six touchdowns with Jared Goff. Okay, let's let's add another 100 yards, another, you know, 10 interceptions, another touchdown or two for Robert Woods. I feel like if these guys are so safe so good so consistent you just can't not take them
1: they'll both have 100 catches a 1, thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year
0: exactly i think i think they're absolutely bust proof when it comes to receivers i think you want consistency you go for these guys justin you look for, you look like you really want to say something
2: no man i agree it just it bugs me how every single year these guys are always slept on and they're always an extreme value just because People doubt it every single year. I think Woods has overproduced his his ADP in like four consecutive years, basically since he came from Buffalo. So in Cooper Cup, same thing besides an injury one season. And I think they just got an upgrade at wide receiver and all of a sudden Woods were looking at wide receiver 19. Like he should be closer to, you know, upper teens like in the range of 12 to 15 range not towards the end of a wide receiver two
1: I'll get it. if only there was some format in the show where we could discuss would you rather the wide receiver 19 or, or a player going above him
2: if only if only
1: if only well we can do what we've done for a couple of teams tonight we've got cup is wide receiver 17 he's currently going 47.2 is his his adp in one qb in uh in super flex though nada i'll tell you where he's going 67 plus (laughs) 2 In fact Here's here's a random quirk Robert Woods is the Wide receiver 19 And going uh, 51st In one quarterback ADP But He's um so Cup's ADP in Superflex is sixty nine point six. <laughs> Robert Woods is sixty nine point two. So nice. for whatever reason, the value of the quarterback goes up, and so does Robert Woods. The nice little quirk there. But okay, so we're talking we're talking Cup and Woods here. DJ Moore sandwiched between the two of them. Would you rather either or or both over DJ Moore?
2: Both over DJ Moore. Justin. Yeah, same for me. Same for me.
1: I, I won't bother with the guys below them, but we'll we'll have a look at some of these guys above. Chris Godwin.
2: Both. I'll take Woods, but not Cup over
1: over Godwin. Interesting. Mari Cooper.
2: Both. I'll take Cooper there, I think, but it's really close.
1: Uh, Cooper, Cup, Woods for me. Mike Evans.
2: Both. Actually, I've, I've got Woods and Evans right beside each other, so it's toss-up coin flip for me.
0: You know what? Uh, Evans, in seven years, hasn't went under 1,000 yards receiving. He, he's also on the same level as consistency as these guys. I think I might go Evans.
1: But, uh Quintores, Lopez, Jones. Who? Who? Maybe Hul- Julio Jones.
0: Uh <laughs> both of them. You're right. Woods and Cup. Either or. Woods, Jones, Cup for me.
1: Yep. I'll, g- I'll give you these three at once. I could just give you all four at once. Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin.
0: Uh, okay. Um, I'll take Keenan Allen over. Actually, I'll take Keenan Allen over them. I'll take Allen Robinson over them also. But no, Robert Woods, Cup over McLaurin.
2: I'll go Allen, Robinson. That's <laughs> funny, right? Um, and then I would squeak Woods in between McLaurin there and then take Cup afterwards.
1: Would, would I be right in saying that your rankings out of, if we were to combine them from all of these, would be Allen Robinson, Cooper, Cup for those four in a row?
2: unfortunately you'd have to squeak woods before there that's a shame but yeah something like that
1: so you're the, you're the stats man the rankings man all that why have you got uh why you got woods over cup
2: i just think there's more touchdown upside with with woods in ppr it gets a lot closer and i think that's why you see the majority of their adps are right beside each other because i think cup can close the gap um the only problem is obviously we've got a new quarterback as well so i think cup was jared goff's safety blanket uh i think he went to him a lot when he's feeling the heat uh, i think he was open a lot on those shorter routes but i think i think woods is is ultimately the guy that they're looking for in the red zone it's a bigger guy well bigger than cup there's just more chance of touchdowns with him and i think it's just a slight nudge
0: I'm going to have to agree. I think Robert Woods does have a slight nudge, but I also think it is because he has rushing potential. Robert Woods had two rushing touchdowns. He had 24 carries. He had 155
1: yards rushing.
0: That's that's a little nice extra, a little nugget that you can kind of get and dividend yourself into when you take someone like Robert Woods.
1: Yeah, he's good on those end of rounds, isn't he? I, it's cup for me. I I love Robert Woods, but I have Cup just slightly higher. I think he's a a better all-around player. I like his big playability. I just think he's going to be the the guy. Uh, He only scored three touchdowns last year. I think, as we said, we can pencil them both in for eight, but I think Cup just has him covered.
2: Yeah, I think you can't really go wrong with either one, to be honest.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason i nudge woods just slightly over cup and it's because you know now if you have questions and questionable running back play you might have to do a little end around a couple more times more than you would like to giving robert woods just a, a little bit extra more potential to squeeze in some fantasy points true But straightforward, letting everybody know. You take your Robert Woods, you take your Cooper Cup. You go over and you never look back and you just take the consistent fantasy points. Uh, They get disrespected on way too much for it to be okay.
1: Yeah, definitely. What do we make of Tyler Higby?
0: He's a tight end that has potential touchdown upside unless you had him on his week last year where he scored three touchdowns. I mean, he's never going to do it again, but he might.
1: I think he has um, sneaky sort of top six top eight potential uh if he gels with with Stafford we know it's going to be a productive offense
0: Stafford never really went to a tight end he went with Hawkinson a little bit but not, not, not enough to me to sit there and go oh yeah he's going to be able to handle it with Tyler Higby
1: who's he had though
0: there was that one absolute bust at a tight end you think he's now on the Steelers
1: oh Eric Ebron yeah
0: Eric Ebron and he was probably one of the best ones you know, now Hawkinson, he had him, but I think Hawkinson, while he was good, I was still a little bit expecting more out of Hawkinson and Stafford, but uh, I, I think Hawkinson's better than Higby, which kind of puts me back at question marks at the tight end position for the Rams.
1: I think there's decent upside to Higby. He's going in the, the early 10th. He's the tight end 15. This is a case where you're, you're deciding, oh, do you want Higby or do you want to stream?
0: Yes, that's fair. And, uh, you know, uh, at 10, I might take a kicker. I might take Young Hoku. I might take a Niners defense, for example, or an elite defense like the Ravens, Steelers. And then maybe if a Higbee is still there or a tight end still there, I'd go for it. But right now, I would assume Higbee is still considered a streaming tight end.
2: I think the one other factor to consider is that, and while I do agree that Higby feels like a dart throw, the one thing as well is that LA let Gerald Everett walk in free agency. Obviously, if they're going to do that, they feel comfortable with what they're left with. The only question is, are they going to use that talent that they've been left with? And I think that's still to be seen. But I also agree Matthew Stafford hasn't really been the guy to be going to the tight end on a, you know, 10-yard out route or something like that. He's more the guy to be slinging it downfield and taking those risks.
0: Mm I'm going to have to agree there. I do like your point that you made that there's realistically no competition at the tight end position for him. Same thing with the Cardinals and they they do not utilize the tight end position at all or very often. So I I think I'm going to have to label them in the same section as the Cardinals.
1: Before we uh, before we move on to the Seahawks, there is some interesting dynasty value, I think, or dynasty dart throw value with the Rams. Uh, they added Tutu Atwell, who's a guy I really liked in the pre-draft process. He's absolutely tiny, but he's quick. Runs smooth routes, got good hands, quite courageous. And I pretty much thought that if he was a little bit taller, he would have been potentially a back-end first-round pick. Uh, the Rams did pick him 57th overall. Uh, McVeigh's going to love getting the ball in his hands. He's going to be a downfield threat. I know they brought in Deshaun Jackson. You know, he's only going to be around for a quarter and a half at, at best before he's injured or tweets something about. <laughs> this might get cut out in the edit. You might share some uh, some what I, I would term questionable views of uh, who might run the world or, or, or the systems of, of banking and so forth. Tutu Atwell is a guy I really liked. Jacob Harris has intriguing upside as well. He's essentially a big wide receiver playing tight end. Six foot five plus athlete. I only think he's only played football for five or six years. He was mostly a soccer player. But has has seen the light and come to play a decent spot. He's going to develop into a, a real seam stretching tight end. But I think we could see him potentially as the the wide receiver three this year. Again, 6'5", six five, two hundred something pounds. He's a he's a big boy. He's a little bit older, but they they liked him enough to to take him with pick one hundred and forty one.
0: A potential dart throw to look at is Van Jefferson. Now a couple years ago when he did get drafted, I, I was telling everybody to stay clear of him because let's face it they at the time they had cooks they had cup and they have robert woods and uh he, he van jefferson just wasn't going to get playing time and there was also he's on the titans now his name unfortunately eludes me uh she and help me out. i know we both really like this guy
1: oh josh reynolds
0: josh reynolds there we go so th- there was four receivers ahead of him on the depth chart so I, I was telling everybody to stay clear of van jefferson but now cooper cup he's 28 years old robert woods is 29 years old Cooks is gone and he's on the Texans unfortunately. This gives Van Jefferson a little bit more room or opportunity to find some playing time especially when the Rams really like utilizing three wide receiver sets considering they run it the most out of any NFL team. I I wouldn't consider it a dart throw. This is mostly a dynasty play. Van Jefferson is somebody to keep your eye on.
1: Yep I I totally agree. Sorry I was distracted looking up uh, Tyler Higby's record. He was uh, charged with uh, beating someone up, punching him in the face and yelling racial slurs. So, it's
0: my kind of guy. You know what? I think I just moved him up my ADP list. Uh,
1: not, not, to, um, not to go too far down this path, but I'm not sure you're his type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Based on this article, again, might get cut out in the edit.
0: righty, <laughs> Justin,
2: do you have any closing statements for our Los Angeles Rams? No, nah, man. I think we covered it pretty much. All you can get. Just take those, take your Robert Woods and take your Cooper Cup shares, and you won't be, you won't be disappointed. No, not at all.
1: I, I've got a, a cl- sorry. I've got a closing question for you both. What do you think of their new uniforms?
2: Blue and yellow,
0: blue and gold has always been a good color combination. I, it, it's really hard to mess it up.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Pretty good. Pretty solid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. They wheeled out Cam Makers for that uh, that promo with Eric Dickerson, so that that worked out well. Maybe it was Eric who cut his Phew.
0: We, we, we talked about two wide receiver ones. By default, that makes the quarterback fantasy viable, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So is Matthew Stafford is no longer a streamable quarterback? He's kind of going to be a every week starter or does the division make him a little bit
2: more questionable?
1: He's marching off the board early in Superflex. I think he's, I think he's being overdrafted a little bit.
2: I th- yeah, I think slightly overdrafted. I think you're looking at a lower end quarterback one. Just because, well, I think I think their team is pretty good as well, so I think there there will be less of a need for the heavy pass attempts we've seen from him in Detroit. The upside might be a little bit capped off uh, on a week to week basis, but I think you're going to get pretty consistent play
1: out of him. Got to remember, there's no running back either, so that's going to be good news for him. <laughs> yeah,
0: or bad news, depending on uh, every single time they've never had a running back, he uh, has not been a good team, or it has not been well for him, but. Like Jimmy Ward has once said, Matthew Stafford is still the same QB in Detroit that didn't win games or make the playoffs. Ah, uh, no, we don't care about the Seahawks now. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, leave them off the list. No, I'm just kidding. Fair
1: enough. Seattle, to- irrelevant since Frazier finished on TV. No one wants to talk about Seattle.
0: No, 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 not at all. no, no. Now, of course, Seattle, 12 and 4, lost to the Los Angeles Rams in the wild card round. Eighth in points scored. 17th in yards gained 16th in passing 12th in rushing yards i mean let's face it chris carson led the team 681 yards rushing five touchdowns he had a total of 968 scrimmage yards with three uh, nine touchdowns, so three rushing or three receiving touchdowns. Sorry boys. DK Metcalf, eighty-three catches, thousand three hundred yards, ten touchdowns. Taylor Lockett, hundred catches himself for another thousand yards and another ten touchdowns. Russell Wilson, four thousand two hundred yards, forty touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. He ran for five hundred yards. So uh russ was definitely cooking, but mostly in the first half of the year. The the last half he was definitely doing a little bit of takeout. Now Pete Kaler pete carroll mr (laughs) gum chewing phenomenon in his 12th season as a head coach now metcalf he's he's a wide receiver one right yep that's it no questions asked locked and loaded locked and loaded wide receiver one yep fair enough yeah fair enough now tyler lockett
1: locked and loaded wide receiver one nothing to do with me drafting him in Scott fishbowl
0: okay
2: that's fair i believe it justin i think wide receiver two for me i i think it's hard to sustain two wide receiver ones
1: yeah, who is this guy Matthew Stafford
2: I don't know <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so I mean I think
2: and I think Seattle has shown to be a, a running team first however I do think that could change this season with their new offensive coordinator Lockett is more of a wide receiver too, a safer one but I just think the upside is a little limited with Metcalf altering most of the touchdowns
0: now this might be a hot take but this is not a playoff or Super Bowl team if they are a pass first offense I don't think this team is built to pass the ball 40, 50 times a game. I think this is a 20 to 30 pass team. I think that's where Russell Wilson is at, at his best. I think when Chris Carson's taken 20 plus touches, and then people like Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, and then Rashad Penny on the sidelines watching, kind of take the reins. And then, of course, DK Metcalf let him eat, Tyler Lockett. Unfortunately, he, he he's just boom or bust, and that's what he was last year. I don't feel comfortable with Tyler Lockett. I want somebody else to make that mistake, and if he happens to go off, congratulations to him. But I, I kind of just don't want to touch that.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a reasonable approach to take. He has scored... Ten, eight, and 10 touchdowns the last three years. You know, he finds the end zone. I think he's still Russ's preferred target. Uh, He got slightly more targets than Metcalf, but he got 17 more catches as well, which to me shows that he's the Metcalf is the efficient big play player. Obviously everyone's seen him do that, but when Russ needs someone, it's Lockett that he looks for.
0: They're missing a wide receiver three. They had a pretty solid wide receiver squad going into last year. They're now down a piece. And now it's just DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Are we seeing an emergence from somebody else or are both of them going to take a little bit extra burden on their shoulders?
2: I think, and this is maybe sparking another conversation as well, but I think it could be Gerald Everett they were looking for someone to add an an extra little bit of attention from their offense so that there wasn't so much drawn from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And I think that guy might be Gerald Everett. They went out and signed him in free agency. Obviously, they weren't necessarily totally convinced of Will Disley. And obviously, he's had some injury problems, but I don't think he was ever meant to be the number one guy there. And I think Gerald Everett is an insane value right now. You're basically drafting him for nothing. I think we're around tight end 20 to 21 range. There's a solid chance that he ends up close to 10 touchdowns. He could have around eight touchdowns, you know, five, six hundred yards, maybe. And if you get
1: that, that's a solid tight end one.
0: Now, if Jimmy Graham couldn't be productive as a tight end, do we really expect somebody like Gerald Everett to be a productive tight end?
1: I agree. I think with David Moore out of the picture, I think Gerald Everett is their, their wide receiver three. They went out and paid him. Someone's gotta catch the balls and you know, Moore scored six times last year. He had thirty five receptions. I mean it's the offense runs through the two big names, but I think, you know, like Justin said, there's enough to go around forever. There might not necessarily be a wide receiver three.
0: Now Rashad Penny, I think he's still hurt right now. I don't think he played too much he played a handful of snaps last year to the end of the season. I think he had eleven carries. For 34 yards it was that that offense that running game was underwhelming especially when chris carson was hurt where he got his ankle twisted uh you know somebody might say that was a little dirty or not if if everybody remembers that play and then of course they had dj dallas and then alex collins out of all people came along to try to take some carries
1: i was gonna say i think collins might be their primary backup this year
0: I mean, that's just not, that's not comforting at all. Oh, no. I want, I want, I want Chris Carson. I like Chris Carson a lot.
1: I like Chris Carson a lot too. I like him more than Alex Collins, but we know Pete Carroll, Penny, you don't want to see him succeed.
0: I don't. No, nah, no, nah, I don't like him. I don't like him at all.
1: As much as I would like to see Penny succeed, <laughs> uh, I think we could potentially see Alex Collins getting more work than he deserves. We saw it with Carlos Hyde last year. And he could have given Homer or DJ Dallas the ball. But there is an intriguing UDFA in Josh Johnson, uh, who is a decent running back. He's certainly as good as, as Dallas or, or Homer. And I think he's you know we've seen what Carroll's done with Chris Carson in the past, that if Johnson can prove himself at training camp, then he's a chance to take touches and, and get work if Carson was to go down.
0: Now, Chris Carson, while healthy and playing, there are multiple games where he had over 30 touches, which is a lot for a running back. Hmm. stuff i like to see those are numbers i like to see is when you're given the workhorse ability and he has shown he can handle it for the most part i know i know he has this little injury prone problem where he has not played a full season yet in his career but when he's playing he's productive and very productive might i add i like chris carson a lot can i get a couple of this or that's for him i know he's very high up there
1: chris carson here we are Uh, chris carson or david montgomery carson actually
2: yeah that's really that's a coin flip for me yeah i think i'll go carson though Mm -hmm. i think he has more ppr potential better offense i think
1: i'll take montgomery uh i like his durability slightly more but i do think carson has the ceiling Carson or Miles Sanders?
0: Mm. Carson, without a doubt, for me. Yeah, Carson. Also, not a good. A quick little thought for the Montgomery. Something for Montgomery. He's playing in a much weaker division, especially against the run. I think that might give him a little nod.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I went for him.
0: Okay. Nice job.
1: <laughs> Thank you for for explaining my reasoning to the people. I was I was not going to back it up. Carson or Travis Etienne?
2: Carson. That's easy. Yeah, Carson, without a doubt.
1: One quarterback league. Carson or Lamar Jackson? Lamar
0: Jackson. Depends how the early draft went for that one. Yeah. If if I draft two two running backs uh, give me cars uh give me a lamar jackson
2: i think generally i like to wait on on quarterback but i think if you're comparing them um straight up it's tempting to go lamar jackson there
0: because lamar jackson's basically going to put up chris carson numbers in a different position so you can kind of double dip say you took two running backs and then you took lamar jackson you basically just took three running backs with two running back slots taken
1: right Uh, there's no real other interesting either ors here we've kind of covered them all tonight these guys are all around the same mark carson henderson Connor Edmonds.
0: Can we go to Tyler Lockett also? Can we do a couple there? Considering I know DK Metcalf is drafted much before him.
1: DK is the wide receiver three at the moment. Oof. Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver 24. So Tyler Lockett or Kenny Goloday? Lockett. Take Lockett. Yeah, me too. In fact, I did take Lockett. Nice job. CD's nuts. Take nuts, man. <laughs> uh,
0: as, as much as I like nuts. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go Lockett.
1: Adam Thielen, Thielen, Justin Herbert, nah, no, nah, no. I will have to go lock it over that one.
2: I think I'll go lock it as well. Odell, lock it, lock it as well.
1: I think that's yeah, that's about his range. He's sort of yeah below the people we said we wouldn't take and and above the people we said we wouldn't. So.
2: Those guys are all like in a similar tier for me. Mm-hmm. Basically, comes down to personal preference at that point. Yep.
0: Uh, with somebody like Odell, you're not going against the Ravens and Steelers twice a year. While the Seahawks are going against tough divisional players as well, the Steelers and Ravens are a little bit tougher, in my opinion. True.
1: In terms of their third wide receiver, they did draft Dwayne Eskridge, who I think is the most luxury of luxury picks in that he is a downfield deep threat with suspect hands. He's not quite to uh, Diami brown, but he's certainly, he's an unnecessary pick. They already have Metcalf and Lockett, who do their best work downfield
0: with suspect hands
1: so they brought they brought in a field stretcher and as i wrote something today i can't even remember what oh it was the show notes today why would you waste early capital on a field stretcher when you could go out and sign someone like a demir bird or you know a free agent for a vet minimum to perform exactly the same role
0: because the seahawks don't work that way they do what they want and it works that's the problem they do what they want. It doesn't sound logical. It doesn't make sense, but it works. So you can't like make fun of it. Other than passing at the one yard line,
1: I will. I'll make fun of them for that for the rest of my life.
0: Uh, I'll definitely make fun of them. Yeah, that that that's still like that brings a smile to my face every single time I see it.
1: Their depth chart is like it's not got the the novelty name recognition of San Francisco, but it's. Like, their wide receiver depth chart is dire. They've got Freddie Swain, Darvin Kidsey, Penny Hart, Aaron Fuller, Cody Thompson, John Ursula, who I'm pretty sure was on Last Chance U. That's the only reason you might know his name. Connor Weddington, Cade Johnson, who I quite liked in the pre-draft process. Memory serves me correctly. He's a slot guy from a D2 school, or at least a small school. They had Tamari on Terry before he got arrested for killing someone. They replaced Tamari on Terry with a kid called Travis Toivonen. I'm sure he pronounces that slightly differently last seen in the fan-controlled football league that uh, Johnny Football was playing in.
0: Poor guy. Eh.
1: Not bad for your resume.
0: That's pretty good. Mm. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to have to agree. This is kind of like... The Niners are kind of like the Walmart version of the Seahawks where they have two receivers that, you know, you kind of want. Which not question.
1: I made up three of those names, by the way.
0: Uh, I I saw. I saw. Don't worry. I saw. (laughs) I saw. To keep it going, yeah, I think uh, there are wide receiver ones here, DK and Tyler. Tyler's questionable wide receiver one. I'm going to have to agree with Justin. I'll put him in the wide receiver two range because sometimes he could do absolutely nothing. And then some games he puts up 30 points. He's going to win your week, but he might for sure lose you a week. Anybody else that we want to talk about here?
1: I think it's, uh, it's important to talk about the chef to be, or at least the wannabe chef to be here in Russell Wilson. Ooh. Because in super flex leagues, Oh, I think we can all agree. Russell Wilson's a a good quarterback and a, a good fantasy quarterback. Yes. He's going 21st overall, which essentially means if you're taking a running back, you could come back and get Wilson in the second round, which is a nice way to start. Or even double tap it at quarterback. I think that's just about the best value pick in a draft at the moment. Uh, You could get Kyler Murray. You could get Saquon Barkley. You could get Alvin Kamara. You could get Lamar Jackson.
2: I like going the stud running back there and coming back with Wilson. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. I think that's the best. That's probably the most efficient strategy. A a
0: very fun strategy would be going for Kyler Murray and then Russell Wilson. That'd be fun. That'd scare people.
1: That's where I was heading is, is would you do that or would you rather start with Alvin Kamara and Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray and Ezekiel Elliott?
2: I'd take Kamara Wilson. Yeah. Keep in mind that's because I, I'm pretty big on Alvin Kamara. I would probably have Kamara as my third running back off the board. Um, I'm not super high on Kamara.
1: I was going to say, how would you feel about starting a draft with um, Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, and Devante Adams? Pretty lethal start. Yeah, that's my Scott Fishbowl roster.
0: Yeah, but if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play and Jameis Winston doesn't do very well, and Alvin Kamara and Devontae Adams aren't very good. And then, well, congratulations. You're not lethal at all. I
1: don't need your negativity, please, Nada.
0: Sorry, my <laughs> bad.
1: Or I'll call you a big fraud like Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put some respect on my name. So, hey, let's get some quick NFC predictions and then let's sign off. This is a longer episode. You need to be careful. People have lives. Not me, but other people.
1: Yeah, we, I was going to say we don't. That's why we, <laughs> we're we here talking about football for nearly two hours. Right. We've done this for the AFC, so let's, let's get your division winners, boys. What do we reckon?
0: Oh, divisional winners. I'm going to go Niners, Giants, Minnesota, and then Tampa Bay.
1: Justin? I'll go
2: Cowboys in the East, Seahawks, Vikings, and the Bucks.
1: I have the Cowboys, the Rams, the Vikes, and the Bucks winning the division. What about those wild cards?
0: Cowboys. Seattle
2: Rams. I'll go Rams, Packers, a double wild card here, as in who knows if this will happen, but the Cardinals. Because why not?
1: Interesting. I have Seattle and Green Bay, and I have gone with a dart throw for Washington. Who who do we have getting to the NFC championship game and who's gonna win it?
0: Niners versus the Rams. Niners win. There we go. How about that? (laughs) How about that, boys? Totally unbiased opinion. Completely unbiased. Completely factual.
2: I'll go Bucks taking down the
1: Seattle Seahawks. Nice. I have Minnesota defeating Green Bay.
2: That means
0: Green
1: Bay gets there. To to then get blown out by the Chiefs. (laughs) That'd be Kirk Cousins going all the way. Yeah, you like that? That's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Swing for the fences with this sort of stuff. I think Rodgers gets his revenge over Brady earlier in the in the playoffs. And, yeah, Minnesota, a bit of a fairy tale run. I can get with you on that one. Yeah.
0: But, all right, that's going to have to wrap up this episode. Of course, Justin, where can everybody find you?
2: Uh, just on Twitter and on this podcast, man, at JustinDoddsFF on Twitter. Going to be starting up, releasing some projections soon. Hopefully uh, get my rankings sorted, all that good stuff. Redraft season's around the corner, so all that stuff is is. Getting pretty, pretty important. So there we
0: go. And of course, Sheehan, what about you?
1: As always, I'm at Sheehan Solo. That's S H E A H A N S O L O on Twitter. We have some awesome articles at the moment. We have an article about the uh, second year wide receivers. We have an article coming out shortly about second year running backs. Obviously, today's Akers news has meant that uh, uh, Daniel's going back to rewrite that. But I dropped an instant impact article about cam Akers if you want to go and check that out and i just want to give a shout out to our man justin Barber. all thinking of you brother just keep doing it big boy and of
0: course you can find me at top tier tactics underscore on twitter and of course you should follow this show at sleeper wire show on twitter check everybody out check the patreons check the team of writers and of course check draft night out other than that good luck everybody